Hey everybody, I'm Liz and I'm a part of the Fade to Gray Patreon and I've got some great news for you. Are you paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer in these products and is licensed in the states of Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. Call or text message him at 417-421-2925 for a no-obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Again, that's call or text message 417-421-2925. Hey, what's up, Degree family? This is Elizabeth, and I've got some great information for you. Hey, look, I'm a chronic overspender and not very good with my money, but luckily I met Brian from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com. He helped me set up a budget and learn how to invest my money, and he even helped me understand my retirement. The team at BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com doesn't just work with individuals either. They work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, your hopes and dreams, and they will provide you with the best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian. Or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at bfs-team.com. And mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. So visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. What is up, Fade to Gray family? There is a brand new podcast in town. Fade to Gray's own Elizabeth Williams has started a new podcast called Four in Tow, a not-so-conservative homeschool podcast. She's a homeschool mom of four who occasionally drops the F-bomb. You see, Elizabeth grew up as a homeschool student, and she's been homeschooling now for four years. And she knows that there is a desperate need of community and encouragement for all the other homeschool moms and dads out there. If you're interested in listening to Elizabeth's podcast, make sure to check out the show notes for the link. Once again, that's the Four in Tow podcast. We hope you'll join her. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many, and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're going to like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be told you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. What is going on, faders? I'm excited to have you guys here today with us. We have a very full roundtable. It's myself. I am Omar. We have Elizabeth here as well as Chris. What's up? Seth. Renee, all the way from Eindhoven. And we are talking today with Jimmy Finley Hickey from Hickley from Finley Hats out of Portland, Oregon. So Jimmy founded his company in 2013 with two people in his living room and has now moved to a 12-person team out of a warehouse, growing their community to over 100,000 strong. We are happy to hear his story of how he's turned his passion into a thriving business, hear maybe a little bit about paintball and photography as well. So 
Gimme, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Jimmy. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's a good day to be alive. It's Game of Thrones Day. That's right. Oh, it's a great yeah. Day to be alive. Yeah, yeah. Been a long time coming for that. <laughs> and see, I got a, I got a predicament too because I'm going up to Seattle after this, and I have no idea what the uh, HBO setup's going to be up there. I'm going to my parents' oh, place. Shit. Who knows? Like, it's going to be a battle. You know, I'll <laughs> yeah. figure it out. <laughs> got to get that mobile. No, but see, my secret is I'm just going to wait until like right near the end of the season, maybe like the, like the last week of the episode, and then get HBO. So I can just binge all of it. I can't handle the whole like waiting from like the cliffhanger for the next season. That's oh, the fun of watching shows like that, though, because then you get to talk about it and discuss it. And this is Game of Thrones, so they're in like what season eight? Eight, and every episode is like an hour and a half. Like you're not going to blast through that really quickly. You don't know me. <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> what was that, Jimmy? You're about to say something. Oh, it's pretty dangerous because I mean the spoilers out there, right? Like you're kind of exactly. living on the edge, just hoping that you know. True. True. Like, there's, I think, about a zero percent chance that if you don't watch it at the night of, you're not going to get like some major spoilers. So you're here talking about hats. I don't know. I mean, I know myself. I know with Facebook algorithms, they target specific people. So, but I see. Um, your stuff everywhere, man. Yeah. And so to me, to me, it's blowing up. I see you in Zoomies down in Dallas. I was there um, about a month ago, and I was like, "Heck yeah!" Well, Selling family has here as well. I was like, "I'm gonna get on this bandwagon before it's too late, um, guys." <laughs> yeah, we're on, gonna on. have merch out. We're gonna have merch out very soon, um, for sure. If you want to pre-order your hats, uh, they're looking sick. The leather patches, just but tell me, like how. Just talk to me about these hats, because I mean, I'm I'm a hat guy myself, um, and I just think that what, whatever you're doing, um, you definitely are onto something. Not with just the marketing, but also just you have a product that like is sturdy and also just tight, very tight. So how'd you get into all this, man? Yeah, um, man. So we just ran a trade show two days in a row, and I was running my the booth pretty much by myself. So I've been doing this pitch hard these last two days. Uh, so the original idea for the hat came from when I was rafting when I was like 12, 14 years old. I should know the exact date, but I don't. Uh, but I was rafting down like the mighty Toodle River. So if you guys have ever like seen like Mount St. Helens, that's like our, you know, volcano out here in the Northwest. Um, when it erupted, it like just completely like ruined all of these like streams and rivers, uh, and pushed like rebar and bridges and vehicles down and either way it's a really cool river to raft now because when you're rafting you'll see like straight up like semi trucks underwater and like it's a cool place to raft either way i was rafting 14 year old me going through the the hollywood gorge it's like a very dangerous rapid like people die there every year and uh we're rafting and fall out of the raft and i was wearing my favorite hat and i lost it and uh had to spend the rest of the day without a hat on my head it was tragic and uh you know, I just, I feel naked without a hat on my head. I still do to this day. My hat's on pretty much from when I get up to when I go to bed. Maybe if I'm in the shower, I take it off. That's about it. Um, so I just spent the rest of the day without a hat on my head and it was just like miserable, right? It was like sunny and, you know, my skull was exposed to the elements. Uh, so the next time I'm rafting, it's like, yeah, I'm just not going to let the Hollywood Gorge get the best of me. I'm going to figure out a solution. And uh, so I took the shoelaces out of my shoe and took a little pocket knife and uh, cut a hole in the hat on like the kind of side, like right by the bill on each side and attached my shoelaces to the hat and tied a knot and kind of wrapped it around my chin. And uh, I called it my water hat. And uh, when rafting that day, I didn't lose my hat. It was a good old day. And uh, 
every time I went out on the water after that and every time I went wakeboarding or just really, I just wore that hat a lot. Um, but I'd always lace it up and people were always like, man, that hat's so sick. Where'd you get it? And, uh, the, I gave them the same response every time. I was like, I made it myself. And, uh, we're like, well, sick. If you made more, I'd buy one. And, uh, so, you know, I kept that idea on ice for 10 years, maybe eight years. I don't know. And, uh, somewhere along the way decided to, uh, try making more. And, uh, here we are today. So do people actually have, uh, my, my question is, is, cause I'm not a hat wearer. I don't really know. Do people like are other companies making hats that have laces or is that a completely original idea? Uh, it's completely original idea. I mean, at least in the snapback world, like for this style hat and the bent bills and whatnot, um, we actually got a beautiful, beautiful patent on it hanging out right back there. Nice. The, uh, so <laughs> no one can hang with us because we have a patent on it. We've uh, had to defend the patent a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we got that kind of protecting us and there are hats with like a single lace on them across the front of the brim. Um, but they're sewn into the hat. So they actually have, they're just an accent, but they're not, uh, they're, they have no function to them. Another cool thing about the lace that goes across the front of our hat is also it's customizable. So you can tie it in different styles. It's interchangeable in that you can put other colors on it. So this black hat with a white embroidery, you know, can have a green lace a red lace, a black lace, whatever color. So, you know, you can give your hat an accent, uh, to it that isn't just, um, you know, the day you bought it, you can switch it up, you know, to look different. Uh, so that's a pretty big selling point on top of it. Um, so there are people with hat with laces on it, but they're just a single lace with no use. And so if I am not planning on doing anything sporty that day or not planning on going rafting, I could take the lace out hypothetically. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, you know, we would judge you for it silently, but yeah, no problem. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah, people, people who take the laces out, no problem. The, uh, we also have people who take one lace out and just have the single one across the front, but it's like 99% of our customers just keep the laces in because they're, they're a conversation piece. Uh, they're enough to like, it stands out and people want to talk about it and they have questions about it, but it's not, uh, like too flashy and in your face and like, uh, like weird in that sense. Like it, it's a pretty simple accent to the hat that definitely, uh, you know, stands out, but isn't like too loud or flashy or anything like that. Yeah. Well, the hat you're wearing looks really great. And I am a hat guy <laughs> and I, I definitely think the laces are an amazing addition. I think it definitely makes the hat pop. And for it to be like, like you said, an idea you had when you were a, a kid, you said you're like, you know, probably 12, 13 years old. It's a completely original. It's, it's a functional idea that, that looks good too with the clips. So Heck yeah, like being being a hat guy, that's what I'm, like I've noticed that for sure. It's one of the things that yeah. stood out about it that makes it different. I see Seth over here is really eyeballing your hat. Seth needs a hat. <laughs> see his his bald head over there. I mean, he's going to get a lot of sun exposure unless he gets one of those hats on. Seth, I need you to get a hat today. I have I have hats, but the Finley hat definitely looks pretty cool. So I I probably will buy one at some point. Yeah, we'll get a nice old care package sent your way. We don't want that beautiful shiny head to get. You know, sunburn out there. We got you. I am curious. So you came up with this idea when you were 12. Okay. You now run this and this is like your thing. So how did we get from 12 rafting to where you are right now? Uh, so uh, between between Finley and uh, being a 12-year-old rafting down the mighty Tool River um, was my like photo career. And uh, so I went to photo school to be a commercial photographer. He's a model. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And I went to school up in Seattle and uh, shot professionally for commercial portrait and sport for a few years. And uh, I still shoot often, but uh, the downside with like the photo world is that it's getting really saturated. There's, you know, 
it's really easy to buy a professional grade camera and it's just, it's a the place is shrinking for like what we were taught to charge in photo school versus like what you can actually get paid for like a full commercial shoot. Um, so, you know, I, I did a handful of different photo things like senior portraits were my bread and butter just because like parents have a lot of money to pay for their kids to get senior portraits before they graduate high school. Oh, yeah. Um, commercial jobs were few and far between sports were fun, but didn't really pay that well. And I wanted some, another project, uh, especially to stay busy during the off season. Um, so I had a few different ideas and I, t I took this, uh, like this random, like small business course. It's like once a week for two months. And, uh, they had this really cool, like, uh, it wasn't like a th like thought experiment type deal where you basically laid out like what you're most interested in, like as far as like a career or, uh, like a business that you're looking at starting or just whatever direction you want to go. And then you label it from one to five in like what you're best at, what you enjoy the most, what has the biggest like potential. And so I laid out like four or five different projects that I was looking at as like kind of a, a side project. And, um, between, you know, the four or five ideas, the, uh, the hat one was the one that scored the highest across the board. And uh, so I kind of decided that that was, uh, uh, one of the reasons why I started doing it. Um, cause I had so many people asking about that hat situation for years. Um, but another thing was I actually took a photo of uh, the hats and I posted them on my Instagram page. I was like, Hey, I've been making these hats for a long time. Like, uh, if I get, if I made these, you know, would you be interested in it? And in like a half hour, it got like a really good response. And I was like, okay, like the, the little chart said that this is the best idea. My like Instagram audience, which obviously is like, you know, fairly biased because they're friends, but regardless, like, you know, I have these two pieces of Intel that these hats might make sense. I think it's going to be worth, you know, in investing a little bit of time and energy uh, into this hat company because I think it makes sense to launch. So it kind of started as a side project, really just to stay busy through the winter. Um, my co-founder, Sarah, and I were dating at the time, and she helped me to get it off the ground. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just the two of us in the, in the uh, living room. Uh, we had about 80 hats or so. Um, and uh, we started with, I think, like $1,400, too. So it was a pretty, like, lightweight investment to get it all in motion and uh, kind of grew from there. That's awesome. So was it an amicable breakup? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. you lucked out, man, because she could have taken you for everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are lucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it worked out pretty chill. And she's still, you know, works here every day and everything's super chill. She's uh a good person mostly. So, you know, it works out. The, uh, she handles like all of our seamstress stuff. Um, she's like the head of our seamstress department. So, so how did you start making hats? Do you just get like, you, you buy cloth from somewhere and you just kind of stitch it all together. Like when, when, when did you make your first hat from scratch? So it's one step past the, the basic, like bare bones, like material. Uh, we basically would at least, at least early on, we would get just a blank hat from a manufacturer um in a couple different colors and then we would take it to a local spot that did embroidery um so then they would embroider the logo on once the logo was on the hat they would then bring it back or we'd pick it up and bring it back to uh the uh living room and then to the living room we would add the grommets um we haven't gone over this yet but all of our hats have hidden pockets inside so we would you know print the pockets sew them in or glue them in um do all that add the laces add the wood clip and all that in-house so even from day one, all the stuff that made it a Findlay hat, the actual unique pocket and the stampede laces, uh, we've done that in-house the entire time. And just slowly as we grow, we've added more and more stuff done in-house. So now we do all of the embroidery. We do all the laser engraved uh, leather patches and the stitching for that. Um, and a handful of other little little pieces in-house. But at least from the beginning, it was blank hat, 
embroidered, brought in. Gotcha. Nice. That must have been a pretty big markup that you'd have to do just to get your your money back on that at first, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, again, like we didn't invest too much into it from the beginning, and you know, we sell the hats at you know twenty five to thirty five dollars a piece, and uh, you know, so it wasn't. It's you know, we we tried it regardless of all the the extra effort and energy we put into the hats. We have them at around the same price point as other ones. Uh, they're not the bottom of the barrel, like bargain pricing, but uh, they're definitely like a normal priced hat. Um, but especially, I mean, with the extra features as well as we have a lifetime warranty. Uh, so for all those extra little pieces, it actually, it goes pretty far, uh, you know, for bang for your buck style. Right on. That sounds, that sounds great. That was part of my question too. Uh, Chris asked it a little bit differently, but cause I was wondering the same thing. So you guys are not making the actual, like, are you m- making your own brims and stuff now at this point? Or you're just doing the embroidery and the like manufacturing, like the laces and the. Yeah. So. We're doing the, the full design for the hat. So any of our hats that have like the sublimated brims or screen printed brims or anything like that, uh, still designed fully in-house, like any patterns you see um, are actually like, so like the camos and things like that are fully custom designed by our graphic designers. Um, we take great pride in having like unique patterns. We try not to use like a generic pattern that anyone can use. Uh, so if you look closely at a lot of our, in our designs, there's like little subliminal triangles and little things in there as well. Um, that I just have to show a little bit more. And, that, and that's what the Illuminati makes you do, correct? That's, <laughs> that was part of your contract. You made that, and that's why you got so successful overnight. Yeah. <laughs> the, I'm the, sorry, the, I the can't discuss contract. that. I can't discuss that. <laughs> we might have to be ending this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry. I forgot we weren't supposed to talk about that. No, no it was the Deathly Hollows well, from Harry Potter. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> why, why triangles? I mean, I think it's, it's obviously a very you know, sick design, but why so... You designed that, you and your ex-girlfriend, I mean. Uh, it's logo, that's, it's a simplistic mountain. The, um, that's the, the original one was so basically working with our original designer, who's amazing. And it started with like a mountain range. You know, he made a really cool like mountain range. Like, oh, yeah, that looks good, but we want it simpler, 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 simpler. And then threw the diamond at the top of it. And uh, that's pretty much it. The, uh, the logo just kind of evolved from a a mountain range into a single simplified mountain. Um, every year we do a new new one as well. Um, so we're up to like six mountains. And each one has the, the single diamond at the top is the main design element and then kind of design down from there. Uh, this year has the, uh, like that, maybe you can see it on here, that large V in the middle symbolizing our five year anniversary. Um, so, you know, we try to, last year it was, uh, for year four, we had four different segments Year three had three points. So we try to like incorporate kind of the, the theme of the year kind of into that triangle, or at least the, you know, anniversary of the year into the triangle for each year. Uh, that said, we're slowly painting ourselves into a corner because there's only so many ways you can design a triangle. So we'll probably, uh, max it out at, at, at 10 years or so, and then kind of just start reusing it. We don't definitely don't need 20 different triangles at some point, but we'll see. Have you ever thought about expanding to bags? Cause I'm a bag lady personally, and I love the idea of the shoestring, uh, but designing it into a flap on a bag somehow, but I don't know. I'm not really a designer. But <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, at some point we'll expand into other areas. We're still at a point where, you know, I can go to downtown Portland and like, you know, maybe 30% of the time I'll see one of our hats out there. And this is like our hometown, right? This is our zone. And uh, I want to like 100% of the time go to downtown Portland and see one of our hats. You know, I want to, I, I want to go to the airport and like see multiple hats, you know, I want to. So 
we've barely scratched the surface for like where the ceiling is for our headwear. And until we've really maxed that market, like I, we're not really too interested in too much for product expansion that, that shifts away from our main unique focus. Um, bags are dope. And, you know, we would love to collaborate with a company that makes really cool bags, but they're not our specialty. And, you know, we could, we could go overseas and find a manufacturer for them. But again, or at least for now, a big focus is just to really maximize the, the headwear space where we do have a unique niche and we do have kind of a, our brand identity. So at some point we'll definitely be expanding into other areas. And again, we'd love it if a bag company were to approach us about, you know, doing a 360 collaboration, we make hats for them, they make bags for us, you know, all about it. That'd be awesome. I'm actually very excited to hear that you guys are going to be expanding to other products because uh, you need to make condoms with laces because when Renee wears one, it always <laughs> flies off of him. Oh, that's tragic. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good invention. We can grommet the sides, lace up. I mean, get some prototypes out there. I'm for it. He's going to need some really strong laces. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh, keep us in the loop yeah. with the action shots and we'll be golden. my question was going to be about just how you expanded from two people to or now you said you're up to 12 in the warehouse it seems like as i've spoken with uh, people also with your company it was like your brother-in-law um you know it seems like your ex-girlfriend's still working with you it's all kind of seems like in-house and family type of like this seems like a real family type community in fact on your website you actually said you expanded your community to over a hundred thousand strong what does that mean at your community is it uh, just people who have bought your products or do you guys um what do you consider your community i guess omar i like this question so that's the findley force and that is what we call the community of people around the brand so they're not just customers but they're also uh, people who are like just actively engaged in who we are and what we're all about. Uh, so from the very beginning, uh, we didn't know if the lace was actually like a patentable thing. And uh, a family friend is an attorney, he's like a real estate attorney or something. But regardless, his feedback was like, yeah, I don't think you can patent that. That's pretty simple, like simple thing. But what you should do is worry about building a, you know, people that will defend you if someone does rip you off. Uh, and that, that, I, that concept really stuck with me and it actually was like a huge, uh, direction for the brand from day one that we wanted to build this group of people that would protect us if anything ever happened to us, if, if a, you know, a large company ripped off our idea or did anything that, you know, would try to like hurt us. So, um, from day one, we wanted to build this group of people that, you know, supported the brand, would fight for the brand, would, you know, give us feedback and, and all of that stuff. So from the very beginning, one of our mottos was we're your friends at Finley Hats. Um, and we've really tried to maintain that mentality and that attitude towards our customers from day one. So, I mean, we have a very one-on-one, you know, connection with like, you know, hundreds of our customers. We take uh, engagement on social media very seriously and that we, you know, go to our, our uh, followers pages and we engage with them. We ask questions, we have open dialogues, we have discussions. Uh, you know, like my personal email is like blasted everywhere and we have customers reaching out to me directly daily. Um, so we try to, we try as hard as we can to really build that community vibe where people aren't like afraid to converse with us or ask questions or like engage or anything like that. Um, so when you say we're a hundred thousand strong, that's literally, that's just going off of our followers across social media on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and that's, uh, 
yeah, so that's pretty much the Finley Force hub, I guess, is on those two networks. And then within that, we have like a private group just of collectors. And there's people in there with over 100 hats. Like there's people who like, you know, are, are trading hats back and forth. And it's it's a really cool thing to see that it's, it's definitely evolved uh, past the point of like, you know, this, this little sub community within the Finley Force of like, you know, collectors. Uh, it's like its own thing. Like I, I don't even have to look at it for a week and people maintain like, you know, dialogue. They, their discussion about hats. They're talking about like open trades and like all of this really cool stuff that's kind of taking its, you know, it doesn't require any nurturing from us. It's a community that's like evolved into its own thing. Um, so yeah, that's the Finley Force. And then as far as within the like production team here, uh, that was the first part of the question, right? The um, We take really great pride in like a positive work environment. We have a very chill zone uh we definitely we don't have like a bunch of tiers of managers there's not really like any weird structure here it's a pretty about as chill of a work environment as i think it can be like we have no no super like set hours like you know show up between this time leave when your job's done if you need to take a week off to go do this that's fine like um you know it's by design we want this to be a chill environment we want people to enjoy coming to work and um as a result, we have a pretty tight knit team of people who are like really hardworking and uh, hopefully they love it here. And, uh, you know, we treat everyone like friends, both, you know, within our full community as well as our uh, production team here that kind of keeps everything in motion. Yeah, that's a great business model, man, seriously. And the, just the idea of building a community around your product um, is awesome. And I think that's just kind of where things are going or anything that I really want to trust or be involved in, um, you know, it has to have that kind of mentality and mindset where it really isn't just about like one one person's vision where well, it is like your vision you have you know these hats but you're allowing the community to um you know, it sounds like you're not a micromanager it sounds like you like to get like the creative input of, of other people um, and that's something that i can really get behind um what would you one last question just as far as this goes and i'm sure there's other people have questions like how did you then it's awesome how you, you grew the community. I see that. But what was, would you say would be the catalyst to really set you off? Cause I've saw that like, um, in other stories or other things you've done, like kind of overnight made like 28 grand or something like that. Like so, something happened. Was it through marketing? Um, was it through the social media? Was it through the community? Is it through that vision? Could you like, is there something you can like put your finger on and say, um, this worked very well for, for my brand and my company. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, so there's two, there's two parts in that, uh, question. As far as the, the immediate overnight thing, that was, uh, when I was on a trip, uh, like my first trip since we started Finley for more than a couple days out of town where, uh, we went to Italy and, uh, we were like, it was our second day there. I was super jet lagged and we're taking a tour of like Rome in a little van we had like a little private tour like for the day with this guy and uh so we're driving around through this really narrow street and i look out the window i'm like like more or less leaning on the window and no joke less than like three feet away from my face was one of our hats just like kind of walking by and you know i'm sleep deprived like it's already overwhelming i'm like kind of stressed out because we're in this really tight alleyway driving this van with people all around it so it took a second to register that that was one of our hats. And, uh, like I, as soon as it did register, I was like, I told our driver to stop and just immediately open the door and chase the guy down. And our driver was definitely like, you know, confused of why I did that. 
Um, I chased the guy down and I found him. And uh, I mean, it wasn't that far from it at this point, but uh, I got up to him and I was like, hey man, like I made that hat. Like that's, that's my company. And uh, he like, he was drunk. He was there for like a stag uh, <laughs> bachelor party, like with a bunch of like, like for like a big rugby event. Um, and uh, uh, he didn't really, like he was from, I think uh, somewhere in the UK and didn't really like understand what I meant by that's my hat. And then I was like, yeah, man, like the laces and this and that. I was like, it has a pocket inside. And, and as soon as I mentioned it had a pocket inside, he took it off and looked in it and he saw that it had a pocket. And then it kind of registered that like I, I was affiliated with the brand to some degree or, something and then he you know was excited either way we took the photo together um and then got back in the van and this was kind of like blown away that we saw one of the hats there uh and again this is like we had been around for three years at this point so we've seen a couple hats out in the wild like you know in like in the u.s oh, but wild, didn't like that <laughs> right yeah didn't think we'd see it in, in italy it wasn't i was usually when i go anywhere i'm looking for our hats but over there i really wasn't looking that hard because i didn't think we'd see one over there um so either way i posted it on reddit that night and um i'm a pretty active reddit user and i'm kind of i've hit the front page a couple times with like some of my photo work and i saw like immediately it was getting pretty tr good traction the post was something like um i run a small hat company out of my garage and i ran into someone on the other side of the planet in rome italy wearing one of our hats surreal experience to say the least and uh so i saw it was getting traction and uh Slowly, it was getting more and more traction, and then finally, once it got to the front page, uh, we started seeing the sales come in, and uh, the we get an alert on our phone every time a sale comes in, and uh, they just kept coming, and they just kept coming, and uh, it was up pretty much all night there, like managing the thread, trying to like talk with our one guy who was back, and we were out of a garage at this point. <laughs> He was back in the garage, just like, you know, like we were, we were doing probably like 10 orders a day at this time. And we were at this, like, you know, at that scale of the company, like around 10 would be a pretty solid day. Um, and you know, we were getting like 10 a minute for a while. So, uh, you know, he's back in the, we're in the, we're in the garage, just like kind of freaking out about it. And I'm in Italy, unable to do anything about it. And, uh, that day we discovered that our customer service like app that we use has multiple pages. If you get you know, hundreds of email requests and things. Um, so either way, we, uh, by the, when it was all said and done within like, I want to say a 14 hour period or 12 hour period, we did $28,000 in sales, which was like, you know, an amazing boost for us for sure. Um, and you know, that as a result, we sold out of everything we had. So we had to restock and had to pay for overnight shipping to get it to Portland. And it was a big ordeal. It was super chaotic, especially difficult to do while like uh, jet lagged. Right. Um, but either way, that was a pretty cool opportunity as far as reaching like the masses. Cause we did like a year's worth of traffic to the website that night too. Um, so it just goes to show like what the Reddit hug of death can, can do and how like beneficial it can be for businesses. Obviously like, and I don't know if you guys use Reddit or not, but I love that community and like never want to like intentionally spam it like to pro for profit, you know, like it was a, an image right. that. Cause that'd be so easy for you can just put somebody, put your hat on somobody in Italy and be like, Oh, this dude, you know, it's so yeah, easily exactly. could have been fake, but it wasn't. Totally. And, well, we, we, had, and, we had many people, many people think it was fake. They're like, Oh, see, like someone, someone stalked my Facebook, my personal Facebook and found photos of someone in goggles that had the same teeth as the guy I ran into in Italy. And like circled the teeth and like tried to dig really deep. And either way, it was, uh, people were thinking it was a small business conspiracy. And uh, that, that was Renee. He was, <laughs> <laughs> I see it there. Absolutely. 
Um, but that was a cool experience just because it put us in front of the masses. I mean, obviously like selling 28 grand of stuff and we weren't doing like, that was you know more than, that was like close to like three months of sales at the time. The, um, it was a, a really cool boost for the company, but it, it, it didn't, that didn't, wasn't really the catalyst to us, like getting to the next level. It wasn't really a major pivotal moment for us other than it, it simply was a nice boost and helped us buy a new machine and uh, a new embroidery machine. And, you know, it was pretty useful on that end. But the second part of that question, I know I'm rambling, but uh, a huge piece of this business and you kind of you, uh, hit it earlier has been um, strategic online advertising. Um, the single biggest growth piece of our business was simply making a video that explains who we are and what we're all teach about us, teach us. in a minute and a half. And then promoting that video to people who have never heard of us, but are similar to people who've heard of us. And uh, that's the one, uh, the one piece, if you look at our entire company's like growth trajectory, the day we started doing that was the day that we went to the next level. Um, and haven't looked back from there. Um, it's, you know, online, smart online advertising uh, is the catalyst that has helped us grow to where we are today. And it's, it's, an and I've seen that video. Difficult. Heck yeah. It's like up to, we have a couple different versions now, but it's definitely surpassed the 20 million view mark, um, which is pretty intense. It's a lot of humans. Were those all your friends or did you have to like hire people on to do some of those stunts and the different like extreme sport things that were going on? Friends and, friends and sponsored athletes. The, uh, um, yeah, we, we have a, a pretty wide variety and this comes from my photo background that I met, was able to meet a lot of interesting athletes, uh, from photo work and then kind of was able to bring them on, uh, for, uh, Finley when we launched and uh, been able to keep a lot of them on. So yeah, they're, they're kind of both friends and sponsored athletes as a result of that. So I, I take it you're more, you're kind of an outdoors person. Is that correct? <laughs> kind of fair to no. assume? No? no, not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to, to some degree, yes. I mean, I'm like a, a Boy Scout, Eagle Scout situation. So like the, okay. uh, the outdoors, like camping side of things got kind of like camped out of me. Uh -huh. The uh, My dad's a very avid outdoorsman and badass and I'm just not uh, I mean, I like, I like car camping like a couple times a year. Okay. Uh, you know, I, uh, I like snowboarding. Um, but no, I'm pretty content with like hanging out in the city. You know, I like going on dog walks, like, you know, no more than 20 minutes. So it's a little, a little much after that. But, uh, I mean, I love the outdoor community and culture and I love going on stuff if it's like photo related, but not mm. pure recreation. Like I don't really get too much joy from nature's natural beauty. Um, I can acknowledge it and, you know, enjoy it, but it's not like, it's not on my to-do list to like visit. You don't thrive in it. Yeah, I don't thrive in it. At least at this stage. I mean, I'm pretty, to be fair, I'm pretty like hyper-focused on Finley right now because even though we're growing and even though that like we're, you know, in a good spot, it's still like a daily battle and I still have, uh, I wear a lot of hats here and I'm slowly trying to pass off more responsibility to our team. Uh -huh. I see what you did there. <laughs> Right. But, uh, you know, it's still like, it requires a, a, a daily focus and it's tough to really like relax. I, I got pretty bad anxiety. And anytime I'm not in here working on stuff, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about like what needs to be done to keep, keep in momentum, keep momentum. So well, that really just goes right into my next question, because I was curious since you came up with this idea when you were 12 and it's now, I would say a pretty big deal. It's, it's your life. Um, <laughs> to some extent, I just wanted to know, like, how has this changed you? 
how has this grown you, challenged you? Because you, you just started at such a young age. This has been a large part of your life, I would assume. What about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I mean, it's changed me because I, I came from a photo background, right? And that's me as the product, me as the creator, you know, not dealing with, I mean, I had like photo interns and assistants and that's pretty much it. I wasn't managing people. I wasn't, you know, overseeing a production line. I wasn't, you know, in charge of a warehouse space or anything like that. So I kind of got thrown off the deep end on all of that side of things. So it's, it's forced me in a good way because I, I enjoy it to really learn about all of these different systems and how to manage people and how to work with a team and how to inspire people to like work and come in and be and like work towards a common goal. And, uh, you know, like, again, like coming from a, a Boy Scout background, uh, that totally taught me some good leadership skills. Um, and definitely like just general life stuff that I, you know, overall my didn't really like the camping. Uh, you know, it, it, it did definitely teach some very beneficial skills that I'm able to apply here. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's totally changed. Yeah, like putting the knots on your hats. That's why it's a Boy <laughs> right? Scout in you. That's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a Boy Scout inspiration right there. Uh, no, to be fair, I actually, I'd always just do a shoelace knot up here. Like for years before the company started, my, the original Finley hats was just a shoelace knot up here. We didn't do the, the grommets or bring it back like that. That was pretty much invented as the company launched. Um, so, and my, my knot skills are subpar at best. The, uh, maybe slightly better than the average person's because I at least know some of their names and I at least know the right direction they should be going. But yeah, I, know, I think I know like three <laughs> knots. You didn't from. get your badge in that then, huh? Oh, I did. I just forgot it. <laughs> there's like, there's like knots that like, I'm pretty sure like you're required to like show you know how to do them for like certain merit badges. Um, I forget if ranks had that. I'm sure lower ranks had that involved too. Um, so yeah, that, at one point I knew like the full setup of knots, but now, you know, He's a square knot fairly often. I know that one, right? Yeah. So I see a, a bunch of paint guns behind you. What is the story with that? Are you like really into paint gun? It's America. You need guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my got my beautiful wall of paintball. paintball. We, call them, we call them paintball markers in the biz. We try to slightly separate it from the, the gun scene. Uh, it's quite, you know, no problem calling it that, but at least... Uh, Try People to, really try to, to get you to not say gun. What do they call it again? Paintball what? Markers. Yeah, okay, it's that's like, interesting. Like, you know, like military stuff too, right? It's like, you know, weapon or rifle and then uh, guns, something completely else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I got a nice little wall. Most of these are like classic paintball markers that uh, this one like right. I mean, a lot of these up there, but this one right here was uh, like when I was a, when I was a kid. This was like, I had pictures of this on my wall, like from a magazine cut out on the, my wall, this exact color, this exact style. And I remember I wanted this, the best gun you could buy. And uh, I wanted it so bad. And uh, <laughs> so that's on my wall behind me. The, uh, bought it used, never going to use it, like not going to use it for anything other than decoration. But every time I hold this thing, it, you know, brings back that little nostalgic feeling that I wanted it. And, you know, at some point I was able to get it. But uh, so paintball, as far as like a recreation goes, has been a huge part of my life. I've actually played paintball pretty much longer than I've done anything that I still do to this day, with the exception of maybe snowboard. Um, so I don't know if you guys knew this, but there's like competitive paintball, and uh, mm-hmm. it's actually like a pretty well organized sport. Um, and there's also like different levels to it. Um, and for 2000, from 2012 and 2013, I played on Portland's professional paintball team. 
Hmm. And uh, so as a result, I got to travel across the world, really. I've uh, been to Colombia, been to the Philippines, been all across Canada, all across the United States, um, all for paintball tournaments. And uh, it's an interesting little subculture. It's an interesting sport. And uh, it's fun, though. And, uh, you know, I've met a lot of great people through it all. It start, all started in, like, you know, the woods at my friend's house, right? And then slowly evolved into tournaments and grew from there. So professionally too, that's, that means that you're making a decent career out of it and you're traveling. And so that could work out good if you're like taking pictures at the same time too, like freelance, right. you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's actually, that's, that's interesting to say that because I would shoot um, the events and would get paid like for magazines or would charge teams to take photos of them too. And would make like solid yeah. money doing that. Um, so, but yeah, so in the professional paintball world, there's 20 professional teams uh, from all over the place. Of those 20 teams, about five of them, the players actually make a living wage to a solid, like more than I make it only, uh, to just play paintball. And on top of all of their expenses covered and all of that stuff, and then a bunch of free gear. Um, I mean, there's there's players that just, you know, shoot paintball markers and make 50K plus a year, like, you know, and get to travel and do all this cool stuff. And it's literally their full job is literally just playing. They, they, they'll do clinics. They'll do like little things like that. Um, and they do, you know, 10 events a year. So five in the United States, five in Europe, or maybe four in Europe. Um, but then, so that's the top five teams. Remember, there's 15 other ones that don't make that. And I'd say about 10 of them or so get all of their expenses paid all the way through. They don't pay a penny to play. They get free gear and they make a little bit of money as a result. They get like a, a paintball marker worth maybe $1,000, $2,000 a couple times a year. And then uh, the bottom tier, that's where we're at. Uh, we have very little outside funding. Uh, we had like, we were just the dirty dogs of paintball. We, uh, were kind of like, not necessarily outlaws, but definitely like the least, you know, the, well, the most badass group really, but, uh, very little sponsorship dollars, <laughs> uh, pay for our own flights, pay for paint, pay for, you know, we're paying a lot to play the sport at, but we're playing at the top level. And, uh, regards to being a bottom tier funded team, our team's always been right in the middle of like the, uh, competitiveness. So if you're wearing a Finley hat while paintballing, it's not going to fall off, right? Because you can take the the laces and you can tie it. That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, but luckily you're wearing the mask, and the mask already keeps it down. And uh, so you're, you know you're sitting pretty on that, and don't have to worry about it flying off out there. But uh, we have tested our hats against uh, you know paintball markers and paintballs to it. And there's a really cool slow motion video of uh, one of our hats just getting lit up, and uh, looks kind of nifty. Because you have a hard shell in some of Yeah, and that's right? actually, yeah, absolutely right. So that's, we tested it with the bump cap. And that's like a little plastic and padding insert that goes inside of the hats. Um, and that bump cap is like a completely different category of like hard hat. It's not a hard hat. It's not a helmet. It's like a bump cap designed for minor bumps and dings. Um, but that, uh, yeah, so that's actually what we were testing for it. And uh, some people wear the bump caps for paintball. I personally don't just because it uh, above the mask, it doesn't fit just right to me, but uh, some people love it. Speaking of hats fitting, listen, I've got a huge head and that's why I don't wear hats because <laughs> I go and I get a typical hat. And I, even if I put it on the last like clip or whatever, it still fits weird and it doesn't fit right. Do you make all sorts of sizes? And if so, like, I mean, I don't even know how you measure a head to know what size you get. You just take like a tape measure and put it around your head and figure it out. That's funny. There's the process of it. It's like, you want to find the circumference like divided by like pi or something like that. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can usually go to a hat store and try on the different sizes, but we do make different hat sizes. 
Yeah, we have. Um, Oh, got the tape measure right there. Yeah, I got this tape measure. I'm going to find out what size I am here. So you're saying I have to measure it all the way around. Yep. And then I have to get the, I have to divide it by pi, right? So let's see how, okay, my head, holy shit, is 23 and a half inches. That's almost two feet. Okay. <laughs> Seth is probably one foot. That's, look, I swear to God. That's about like, that's somewhere in the sevens, right? Now, are you sure 23 and a half? Okay, look. I'm not even shitting you. I've got it right here. You'll get a better measurement of your head if you take a string around your head first. Yeah. And then measure good. the string. Isn't that Okay, insane? so I got, the, I got the hat sizing chart right here. That's a seven okay. and a half. Okay. That's a big head, right? No. What? That's like, that's, like, that's it's, it's, it's in the XL category, but it's not massive. We make all the way to size, size eight and a half. Large, but, okay. Which is massive. Like, right. Yeah, real big boy. The uh, uh, yeah, it's seven just and a half big proportion to your body size. I can totally see not, <laughs> not all hats fit seven and a half though. Most of ours should should fit up to seven and a half, no problem though. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, cool. I mean, and I'm, I'm looking forward this. to definitely getting one. I know yeah. that Fade to Gray is getting them, so I'll, I'll definitely be sporting one at some point. You're gonna have to make a baby size for Seth though. Do you make baby size ones because Seth's head is <laughs> very small. We got the we got the youth hats. <laughs> we got the we got the Bentville dad hats that are pretty adjustable and great for smaller heads. Um, and then on the the large hat side of things, not only do we have like that XXXL hat that's massive, but we also have these little extenders that basically attach to the rear snaps and just give you an extra couple snaps on there. Oh, um, nice. And it's those have been incredible because, you know, we, we totally run into people with large heads and it's like, I love your hats. I want to wear them, but they don't fit. Or, you know, I'm on like the last snap and it's not right. And uh, um, the snap extender fixes that basically. And it's like so. Does the snap extender also work the opposite direction for Seth? So like whenever you go to the first one, but you can't go tighter, you have to like extend it the other way. Can you do that? It doesn't, but we have, we oh, have okay. totally uh, um, like removed the snaps and then stitched them in tighter. Uh, so that, that there's a way to do that, but uh, oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. 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 I just have a small head. <laughs> it's true. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate you spending time with us and talking with us and telling your story. Um, you, like I said, you have a great product, and obviously, listeners they can get themselves pre-ordered themselves a faded gray hat, faded gray Finley collab hat. But you also mentioned that there might be a promo code for faded gray listeners what if they the want to go fuck? check out your website and yeah, absolutely get one of the, the uh, maybe fifth year anniversary hats or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean the. the uh... I don't know. I want to give them the discount, but I want them to get the custom fade to gray hats too. You know, I want you, I don't want, I don't want to get the Finley hat before they get the fade to gray. Well, actually I was just thinking to myself, like I do want the fade to gray one, but I kind of want the one that you're wearing. Cause it's sick. Mm, this is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. We'll make a, we'll make the, the discount code on our website for anyone that wants it. And you can just enter fade to gray in the discount code to get a nice. Awesome. Yeah. And, that, and that's G-R-A-Y, obviously, so awesome. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, uh, I'm happy for double-checking that. I could easily see missing that gray. You know, gray is a weird word. It goes both yeah. ways. E-Y-N-A-Y. Yeah, crazy Europeans try to spell things all strange and, and stuff. Hey, Renee. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. correctly. <laughs> You've been quiet, Renee. Do you want to say anything to Jimmy before we wrap this thing up? No, I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. I'm not really a hat wearer myself, but I kind of want one. <laughs> yeah, hey, we make we make beanies or toques or I don't know what they call them up there, but we make those too. Uh, so 
Keep your ears. Love you make scars. Always, you make scars because he loves the words. Yeah, we don't make scars. Maybe we'll cut we'll cut one of our beanies up and figure out a way to turn it into a scarf. <laughs> I do Just, like beanies, so yeah, beanies are awesome. Yeah. I, I actually. If I could have a hat like your, what, what do you just, it's like a baseball cap. What, I mean, what do you call that? The uh, like bent bill style or this one? Yeah. Snapback. So this is snapback snap and then the bent bill ones are just called dad hats or, or ball caps or anything like that. There's a bunch of different names. You may offend some people by calling them dad hats, but that's like what yeah. calls them these days. Sure. Um, yeah. used to have a dad bod to wear a dad hat. I've got the dad bod. No kids though. <laughs> but no, I think we're gonna get the snapbacks. We've been yeah. uh and I think yeah, we have I saw them. They're looking some blue good. ones, some blue ones and some gray ones to choose from. Heck yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Jimmy? What color laces? I was thinking maybe going with like a tan or a brown lace for both of them, or I don't know. What do you think? I mean that's the beauty, you know, you can switch it up. But yeah, the tan the tan and the uh the navy ones both look good on those. The brown and the brown and navy like speckle, mm. that one's really good. Ooh, They're the really gray with a with a tan and navy. That'd be nice. Oh yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the options are, are endless, right? There's a lot of good, good ones on there. It's kind of it's one of those things too, as far as the laces go. It's really best to choose once we have the fully physical hat, not just the mock-up, but the actual finished hat, because then you can really get a feel for which laces work best. And usually, once it's at that stage, it's super easy to be like, oh yeah, that's the clear winner. So yeah, I think the clear winner here is you, Jimmy. Uh, your project <laughs> is good. You've uh, taken an idea and you've made it your own. It's capitalism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely, you're going to want to go check it out. Where can people uh, go see your hats at? Yeah, the uh, well, first off, thanks for that, Chris. We're giving it our best out here every dang day. It's, uh, it's a battle. But uh, wouldn't have it any other way. And you can find us online at findlyhats.com. That's F-I-N-D-L-A-Y-H-A-T-S.com. Nice. Thanks. All right. You heard it here, guys. Go check it out. And stay fresh, guys. Stay happy. And stay faded. Later. <laughs>